0: Welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. Here we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the boutique, luxury and lifestyle sectors along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Today I'm joined by Luca Franco, CEO and founder of Luxury Frontiers where we talk about the changing perceptions of luxury travel, the opportunities to generate revenue off property, and the future of experiential travel. How are perceptions of luxury travel shifting?
1: Yeah, I see a cultural consumer behavior shift in, in the making, and uh, that's it's very clear. And uh, it's like happened in uh, 2008, 2010, with a big crisis, a crisis comes with opportunities. and. Uh, and also with the consumer behavior shift, the people, I think, will bring all these classes will bring uh, humans back to basics, closer to Mother Nature. Uh, at the end of the day, this was uh, a, a wake-up call of Mother Nature, Mother Earth, saying, "This guys doesn't work. You know, we need to, we need to have a sustainable." Uh, planet or a way to live. And I think people had time to think what was really meaningful, what is really meaningful to them in life. Mm-hmm. That means uh health, mm-hmm. family, income mm-hmm. to sustain the family and planet. So there will be a lot of uh, attention to planet it was already strong before, um, but now will be, I think, hopefully it will be for everyone. So, everyone will look for nature, to embrace nature, to be inspired by nature, to take care of nature. We look for authenticity and, and travel with, to authentic places, and with a purpose. I think that is uh, probably the the biggest cultural behavior.
0: And- how might changes in our working and living habits affect our relationship to those traditional tourist hotspots?
1: Yeah, this is a big, um, big debate. I mean, uh, we went from over-tourism to under-tourism or not-tourism. And of course, those are both are not sustainable. So we need to create something. We need to go to a sustainable tourism. And sustainable for all the stakeholders, and from uh, and really focusing on uh, on triple uh, bottom line: planet, people, and profit. Um, and I always uh, focus uh, on our side uh, on projects that high yield, low impact, low environmental impact, high touches, and with a strong high social impact as well. And so I think the the new the new travel will be greener,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: smarter, and certainly less crowded. And the but everybody talks about sustainability, no? Um, sustainable tourism, but this is a pretty sort of a low bar. At the end of the day, it's just not making a mess of the place. Yes. I think that the part of this cultural consumer behavior shift I was mentioning before we really need to have a regenerative tourism. That means to to make it better for future generations. So it's really to leave a place uh, in a better condition that you we found it.
0: Mm-hmm. And has the pandemic changed the way that you view and approach a project?
1: Uh, it didn't change anything actually. Uh, uh, strange enough, uh, I mean, I see people, I see architects, see, um, other firms that now find maybe need to adapt for uh, due to COVID and to a new business model, to way to embrace nature or taking care of nature. I mean, we we have been doing this for the last ten years as a company and the partners that did it for the last for the 25 years before. Mm-hmm. So we always, about, we always wanted to learn about nature and, and nature masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nature masters have four billion years of experience on how to create a sustainable environment. So we, as a company, we follow the principles of Biophilia and biomimicry to build a more resilient, regenerative and beautiful world. At the end of the day, we, we are nature mm-hmm. and um, and we need to embrace nature, inspire nature, inspired by nature, taking care of nature. I think it has to be a two-way road uh, mm-hmm. with a positive impact on both sides. So that's, a, we have been doing this and we, we will carry on to do that. We don't own the land, the land owns us.
0: Nice. And... Talking about land, where and what are the opportunities are there for hoteliers to maximize their revenue off property?
1: Yeah, this is a interesting question. Um, we, I see strong opportunities uh, for uh, landowners, hotel owners that have land available next to their properties mm-hmm. within their the next to their hotels. And and what I really like is to create additional experiential rooms, tents, tree houses, floating units, so, that are easy to install, very uh, cost-effective, plug and play to the existing infrastructure, leveraging uh, amenities, uh, mm-hmm. operational marketing, and creating these, uh, um, let's say, tent camps or, or experiential lodges uh, additional room inventory to existing properties mm-hmm. at a lot lower development cost, mm-hmm. faster with a shorter development timeline less than a year, mm-hmm. and with very low incremental operating costs. And those tents, can generate 20 to 40% premium versus regular inventory. Mm-hmm. So in terms of asset uh, value announcement solution works very well and with a high return on capital and very quick payback investment for years. And I give you an example, we, we just completed um, a camp uh, Sarika at uh, Amangiri as uh, this is really as an add-on to the existing Amangiri
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: um, in the wildness in Utah. And this project has been, had had um, 95% occupancy and 95% bookings until year end at between three to $6,000 a year. Um, it's fascinating. And this is a way to people really looking for uh, this type of solution in the wildness, meeting, social distancing, immersing nature. Mm
0: -hmm. And this leads nicely into my next question, which is all about the sort of future of experiential travel. Do you think that it's going to take on a new face, a new incarnation? And if so, how?
1: Uh, experiential travel is a big buzz world uh, uh, for the last maybe 20 plus years. The last 10 years was a big, a big world, big buzz. It was a trend at that time. Um, and then this exponential travel evolved and moved to transformational travel in the last uh, two, three years. So more from an outbound to an inbound travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's I think where uh, we will see uh, the the travel um, that the consumption travel that we have been going we have been doing in the last years very hectic very fast
0: will mm-hmm. change
1: into a conscious and a pathetic travel where it will be. People will travel slower, but in a more uh, a meaningful way, uh, mm-hmm. with a purpose. And maybe we'll travel less, but probably longer. We'll travel domestically, regionally, and immersed to nature. I think uh, the the consumption travel will give uh, will be replaced, or at least will evolve to an empathetic travel. And uh, this means. Uh, uh, this empathy is not just between the host and the traveler but is also with the local community so it's mm-hmm. a in about a close cultural understanding mm-hmm. so it's not anymore i hope it's not going to be any more gimme 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 travel and, and fast travel
0: thanks for listening to the boutique hotel news podcast If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice weekly newsletter.